<laughs> One of the last big talks I did with this group, it was in a interesting group back East. They used to invite me to go to, to, to do things in their bigger group, yeah? So this last one I did was, and it has been the last one for maybe it finally worked, but it was in Virginia, uh, West Virginia or something. They had this big gathering and they had been bringing me to this group for many years, but this group is, is trying to advance to a state of awakening. And I would just be like, why would they want me to sh show up and give these talks? You know, it sort of goes contrary to their whole uh, trajectory. So this one time, the last time I went, they had a chalkboard like this, and I wrote like this, you know, you don't have to be here. <laughs> so as the talk started, I just went, and then and it just went on anyway. It was just amazing, you know? <laughs> I mean, if you feel, if you're looking to be heard in this seat assignment, you might as well get over that. Because something may be coming through and there's a certainty to every syllable or word in what's coming through, uh, through, but that doesn't mean it's going to land in the same way, yeah? So like when I would say, whatever can be perceived, can't be perceiving, you know, I would think, wow, that's, how much can you expound on that? It's just, it is, it is or it isn't. You'll have to find out for yourself. But the premise is from a great master, Hoang Po, whatever can be perceived, you know, in other words, seen, whatever, made contact with, whatever can be perceived cannot be that which is perceiving. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's sort of like instead of going through each stalk of wheat and getting the chaff separated from the wheat. It's just like a machine, so to speak. It shows you the effect on five, and then you jump to the fact that it's will cut out the chaff, you know, in millions. You know what I mean? You don't have to go to every example. You see it in a couple of examples, and the mind leaps. Yeah, the mind sort of gets it. Because let's say there's coming to believe, and then there's principles. So there's a leap to a there's just leaps. So here you go, whatever can be perceived cannot be perceived. So obviously this is perceived, yes? From your where you're sitting. Yeah, and that's perceived where I'm sitting, yeah? You and I are not that which is perceiving. What I can perceive, this, this thing, this body, whatever you wanna call it, action figure, this lovely presentation of an elegant woman, it doesn't matter. Uh, that's not what's perceiving. That's it. That's the message. All right. So whatever can be perceived cannot be that which is perceiving. Okay. So you hear that and then just bring it in to the narrative because the narrative is going on. The station's on. Yeah. You don't have to wait to the beginning of the hour or the middle of the hour. It's always, it's always playing. You just bring this little statement in there. Whatever can be perceived cannot be perceiving. And then see how the activity looks from that. So you'll see the activities based on the exact opposite premise, which is whatever, what can be perceived is what's perceiving because your head talks about you as the, th this, 
the doer, the thinker, the seer, the hearer, the feeler, the taster, and that use pictured as something that can be perceived. Yeah. Well, it's I'm wondering when this thing is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so whatever can be perceived can be perceiving. All right. Nice. Now, what's the point of that? Well, just bring it into the head and listen to the the basis or the foundation of that narrative we're hearing all day. And that basis is you are that which is perceiving as a perceived. So when people say I'm consciousness or I'm conscious, they're saying it in the frame of being a body. Yeah. The language never basically leaves that frame. It's when it talks about not being a body, it's it's talking from a frame of being a body. Yeah, it can't escape it. It's the system. The system has you as something and assumes you are that something, whatever else it has. Yeah. So whatever can be perceived can't be perceiving. And then you hear here, just like take two minutes, two minute snippet, it'll tell you the underlying theme is that which is perceived is what's perceiving. So which way you want to go? So you want to have like tradition and uh, a great uh, empty reputation, Hoang Po, 1200s. Or do you want to listen to that Paul Hederman narrative of 2023, really circa 1984, really? It's the same fucking two tapes playing, but it says, you know, it's 2023, but it's pretty much, it's very difficult if, if the moment was an airport, the plane of, you know, the airplane of the mental activity would, would never land because it's always landing in a different date in a different time. Like from 20 years ago, it's, or, oh, this is gonna be a difficult descent and it's from 1983. It's a clear balmy day, yes? So this, if you actually watch it, it doesn't ever, very rarely doesn't line up where what you're actually doing is being narrated. It's basically what you were doing and what you should have been doing and what you're gonna be doing. Yeah, and it's always like this. And it's amazing that we don't see it. You know, it sticks out like a sore thumb. I saw it when I was in beginning of recovery. So when you recover from alcohol and drug addiction and stuff, or you get some relief, you tend to be in a position of being available to other people. That's one of uh, one of the roles you play. Like you have it by giving it away. So here you go. So you're working with people. And so uh, what I would do with people would be just take a, uh, you know, a bare bone inventory. Like, tell me when you woke up at eight o'clock, what did you do? Take a shower? Did you have coffee? Did you make food? And then what did you do? And then I want you to see that. And I want you to try to compare it with the narrative while you got up at eight o'clock, you, when you were taking the shower, when you were making the coffee, what the head was saying compared to what you were doing. And a lot of people had a belief that they, they never did anything. They were fucking, yet they were doing quite a lot through that day. But their head, while they were doing quite a lot, you never do anything, nothing you do is, yes? And it's sort of like, it's the head, the interest and attention seems, has 
been led to that path and that trough a lot. So you tend to, to a point, there's more attention paid to the narrative than to the experience, right? If I look, see, because I had that same narrative, I never, I don't do enough, you know, I'm not doing enough, I should be doing a whole lot more. And then I looked at the day, I got up, took a shit, let's say, ate some food, you know, made the bed, opened the shades. I was constantly doing shit, yeah? But the head had this, had a pre bias opinion about it, yeah? Where at the point you stop actually attending to what's happening and you're just attentive to what's not happening, yeah? relative that's just gone through with her response. But now when she sends a Snapchat, she says, I'm here for it. And I think that's what she's talking about. Yes, great. Yes. Yes. See, the thing, recovery doesn't stop or, you know, we, you, uh, because once you're recovered, the life is a recovery. Yeah. So what was seemingly lost gets claimed. You stuff that you thought you were never going to have, let's say, a zest for living can return. So there's a lot of recovering shit that had been frozen by the head and had been put into storage and and with an idea that all of that's worthless. And then something else comes in and has another judgment about it and puts it to great use. So you're always in recovery. Yeah, like last night, it was a trip at dreaming. I had these dreams. The dreams were, and some of them are very familiar, where I'm at a place and then I lose everything. Yeah, my bag, the jacket, everything. And it seems like, wow, it's so simple. But then it gets more and gets, lose more. And it happens sometimes it's like, I know I'm at, in my old neighborhood, then I leave it and I forget. And then the bicycle mon turns into squares, the tires, and then I'm fucking lost. I can't find where I have to go. So this recurs quite a lot. It's not me. So I take that to this recovery, or let's say it's the recycling center, which is not, not does not reside in the head, let's call it somewhere else. I bring that and I give that over. Yeah, I said, hey, here you go, life. Take it, make it into something. Because this is this is too fucking old. It's like it's arthritic, it's rigid, it doesn't fit the times, you know? But you can't seem to, it's almost like the cement of the mental state has set. It's too late. You can't erase the hand, shit like that. Just a, so and then it was very cool because I remembered, well, I don't want to go into it all. But there was a lot of reclaiming. Yes, yesterday was recycle day in the head. It was very cool. I woke up and it was a lot of recycling going on and super old ideas, super old ideas that triggered uh, felt sense memories in the past of not facing life successfully, sort of based on these old ideas, yeah? And avoiding trying to save my face instead of my ass, all this stuff. But in a primal fucking like, like the top ten hits of the, the, the life, you know, no, no, built no like fluff, just basically like heavy metal. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, and 
my role is awareness. Yeah? I'm aware of what is going on instead of becoming aware of what's going on after it's been told to me, yeah, which is completely different than becoming aware of what's going on, not becoming, you are aware. So I saw all this stuff and it brought a lot of sense of, of uh, the futility of trying to save your face like your ass, yeah? Yeah, it's much better to save your ass instead of your face. And it was really cool. So I felt like a whole lot of shit got unloaded, but before I even got up, it was great. Yeah, like old baggage that hadn't been gone through. And I probably wouldn't go through it. I would conveniently stay busy or something else like this, but it was laid, all the shit there. And it's like, all right, let's go recycle day, bring it in. And I have faith in this power. Because uh, every anything can be undone that was never done. And this is dreaming. This isn't a real event. Yeah. So the mind can change how it saw that event. So some people had the worst thing that ever happened to them. And it's been like, gilded and, and bronzed and it's like an I it's just it's a foundational event that's given them rationales and excuses the head to to live with failure or something so all my failed relationships is based on my mother or whatever some yeah. story and you would think you'd like to get out of it but it's like the golden calf your head's milking every fucking last second out of it yeah. and then yes yeah so so <laughs> so this is uh here we have a simple mechanism in recovery to bring whatever is noticed because yeah if you see the if you have a basis of it's unreal you can see the blueprint with the house appearing yeah the house will be appearing as real but you see the blueprint of the house in the unreal file. It doesn't have to be brought back, blow up the house, rip it apart, get rid of it, kill it. You see the blueprint in mind in the seeming reality of the house. You don't deal with the reality of your house. You see this. Because in a sense, in this place that's unreal, this is more real than the appearance of the house. It's the ideas of the house, yeah? So you say, you look at that, even though the house seems to be built and it's too late, no, it ain't, yeah? Everything, like the Course of Miracles would say, uh, everything is correctable. There's no, there's never been a sin, they're just mistakes, you know? And every mistake can be corrected. So the mistake is what? Taking something real that isn't real. Yeah. So if it's real, then you have to seem to have a real solution that may entail a lot of bulldozers and I've got to wreck that house. Or you see it as you see it from these eyes as real, but from the eye of awareness, you see it as unreal. Therefore, mountains can be moved. Yeah. yeah. Because you don't need a huge bulldozer to move the mountain because the mountain is has the weight of a molehill in a certain speed because there's not a reality to it. If there was, the reality of this place would, would override your meaning you're trying to give it in most cases, and it doesn't. The subjective experience overrides the objective world. 
You can have a person who's living in an objective success story, beautiful place, beautiful wife, beautiful this, yet he has a belief that if he doesn't have over $2 million, and right now he has 1,987,000 in the bank, he's anxious and concerned even though the environment is not provoking any of that anxiousness or concern, he's got everything pretty chilled out, but the head, the head overrides the things because the head is the dreaming and the things are the dreamt. The dreaming is gonna override the dreamt. We're believing the dreamt overrides the dreaming. Yeah, this is what happens when people are free and their imaginations can come up with things and actually manifest things that couldn't be possibly manifested because of the impediments in their life coming from a bad family, whatever, yes? Because it's mind is before, the appearance is after, so to speak. The power is the before, how it gets solidified in the after is by taking the after real. And then you lose your power and you've given this place the power to affect you. It's described perfectly in the Course of Miracles. You're a Course of Miracle person. One, I don't remember, I just can't say the paragraph and the page, but because of its impact, I remember it. And that statement was, you and I, are the dreaming of the dream. We forget that, all right? So why do we forget? We forget the dream in a way. How do we forget the dream? We take it to be real. There's no real dream, is there? The definition of dream is it isn't real. Yeah. So there's no real dream. So you and I, yeah, are dreaming the dream. We forget that. How do we do that? My feeling is through the act of being identified as self. We don't do it. The head is in the act of being identified as self. That which makes things appear and, uh, and be attended to, interest and attention, has been wedded to that through habit. Yeah. We've taken ourselves to be, to be a mental idea, dealing with a physical reality, and the greatest inner resource is unsuspected, yeah, which is big mind. Yeah. So you and I give every word, you and I are the dreaming of the dream. We forget that we're dreaming. Yeah. And now, Everything that we get, everything we're dreaming, we now give the ability to affect us. Yeah. That's taking a dream to be real. Yes. yes. Does a dream affect you? It affects you when you think it's real. The dream does not affect you. It affects you when you're taking it to be real. Yes. So we're giving the meaning of things to be able to bite us in our ass. Yeah, because we're taking our ass to be real and we're taking that to be real. And now, as they say in the Course of Miracles, we're suffering a lot of uncaused effects. Yeah, so the dreamt tiger, yeah, is I'm still living as if the dreamt tiger is real. I'm still living as if I'm asleep to the reality of the tiger. So when I saw the reality, I saw the tiger in the dream, the reality of the tiger was it was real. I wake up out of that dream and I'm still taking the tiger to be real. You have not woken up out of the dream. You're still taking the tiger to be real. 
And now that tiger, unreal, is producing effects. Yet, as they say in the, in the course, these are uncaused effects. There's no cause, which is in this world, there's cause and effect, supposedly. But this effect is uncaused. The dream tiger is causing an effect in me of extreme anxiety because I'm taking it to be real. Yes? You sit with it, you hear it, and you sit with it. It's going to reveal a lot without trying to, you don't even have to get up and move the curtain. You just hear it because you've seen it before the curtain got pulled. You are that before the curtain got pulled. The knowledge of what's so is already there. It's not earned. You don't have to win it in a fucking spiritual lottery. It's just covered up with other activity. Yeah, the interest and attention, just a little bit that without being accompanied by the mental activity, if it went there, it would be a recognition of home. Yeah, you would have the, the knowledge that abides right above the I am. You, it would be I am that, as the great book by uh, Nizagadada, there's I am and an I am that. I am that I am, yeah? It's not like, but here, the I am, the attention and interest is going this way, so to speak. And it's going through the vehicle of Paul. And for Paul to seem to be real, other things have to seem to be real. Yeah. I can't, this is what happened. I remember this lady called me and she said, I've been free of the ego. And I was, and she said, but everyone else's egos drive me fucking crazy. I said, well, there you go. Yeah. This isn't about you being free. It's about you were never bound. It's a completely different direction. Yeah. The you isn't the neutral position. It's not the neutral place. It's a biased place. This isn't the you is can be self or non-self. There's no you. Yeah. The you taking itself to be non-self is not. The you taking itself to be self is not. There's no you. That's the point. It's not like there was one and there could be one if you don't watch out. No, there isn't one. That's the fact. Okay. Then there's an appearance of you. And then that appearance wants to not appear as you, which is the search for non-you. And then wants to deny or hide or distract or blame others for the constant appearance of you. Yeah. Because it's unbearable for the you to be you. Yet it doesn't have any drive to get out of it because it has no ability to, to entertain it. Self can't get out of self because it has no access to entertain it. Yeah, it's illusory attempting to become unillusory. It doesn't work. Yeah, just see it as illusory. Yeah, it's not real. Yeah. And then all its failures make complete sense. You can't get out of self. Why? Because I'm not good enough. Get, you know, like that guy on Saturday Night Live looking at the mirror. I'm good enough. I'm just <laughs> that old skit. No, it's not like you're going to become good enough. Anything. It's impossible. It's you never, it's not on you. Yeah. And it's not on you that's driving you crazy. It's mechanical. You are not underneath it devising another form of selfing the fuck with yourself. It isn't. It's mechanical. This is what surprises people. They feel like they get a free sample of that awakeness 
and they, they had an assumption just hanging on like a barnacle, like a crust on a hull. And the assumption was all this other shit would stop because obviously the youth that's now not doing anything was doing all that. But it hasn't been, you are not the one doing all that. It's mechanical activity, mental activity. So hopefully you'll get over the surprise that it continues when you think everything has changed. It doesn't change. And when it changes, it's very begrudgingly. It doesn't happen. <laughs> People, you know, I don't know if this is true or not. Supposedly, Ramesh Bausakar drove Nizza Gadada around the house. He says Nizza Gadada was quite anxious about ever arriving where he was supposedly going. He'd be nervous that he wasn't going to get there. What? <laughs> He's disqualified. Yeah, he should have had an easing comfort in the cab. You know what I mean? You're talking about body conditions as if they're your conditions. The body, if this body, got arrested, got shot at, got bridge broken by the police, you better believe I can pick up the presence of a police car from miles away, being in at the verge of the event horizon of enlightenment. I will hear the siren <laughs> because there's a huge concern something's gonna happen to the action figure because it did, yeah? If you wanna change the action figure, change the action figure. But that's going to be on it. It's going to be an urban renewal project because you're going to hold the action figures to so many high standards. It's never going to be able to go to. It's not. It's not going to be a chariot of the gods. It's not going to be humming ohm all fucking day. The farts ohm. It's the burps ohm. It isn't. It's a crude fucking little machine seemingly going on has its own agenda. And it's just overwhelmed by a mental hierarchy that doesn't give it a second to fucking breathe. Yeah, I, I got to be more than this. Fuck, I can't do it. I can only reach so high. I'm a Toyota. I can't be a Rolls Royce. Yeah, it's, it's, it sucks, really. The body's one of the greatest beneficiaries of this message is the body. <laughs> because... <laughs> When the head gets sent around the corner for half an hour, the body is just like, like the exhaust pipe gives a long exhale. Oh, oh, you mean I don't have to sit for 12 hours on a cushion? No, probably not. I'm not going to climb up to that cave, freezing cold, to listen to the fucking insane character with hope that it's going to. No, like, you don't need it anymore. Oh, you mean I can be comfortable with a down? Yeah, it's all right. So you don't have to live, you don't have to lay on the bed of nails. You don't have to fight. Flat your you know what I mean? Beat it into submission. It's not you. It's a fantastic day for it. Really, really. It's just a lot of healing will occur when you're not the healer. <laughs> I swear to God. You, as the doctor, is really fucking giving yourself bad prescriptions, really. It's, it's tied to the pharmaceutical company. <laughs> it's selling you. So, yeah. So, uncaused effects is reacting and having a real feeling that was promoted by a false appearance. Yeah. Because the reality is here, it feels like a real feeling, 
But if you investigate it, it was a false premise. The false premise triggered an old reaction or a memorized habitual reaction, yeah? What you think happened didn't happen really, as the course also says, you're never upset for the reason you think, yes? You're never upset for the reason you think. So when you see this as false evidence, and it's not that which is false evidence seeing it as false evidence, it's from awareness. Awareness sees what you're not, it does. It has been this whole time. It has been. If the interest and attention could have been freed from this, all these balloons that are launched by the head, it would have rested there eventually. It's, it visits here a lot during the day. A lot of times, self is completely forgotten when you're surfing or doing something or dishes or making some muffins or giving fast, large donations to Paul Hedeman. These things, there's points, you're gonna get an incredible sample of relief from the bondage of self, yes? But I always think in those moments, it's me. You don't think that, your head does. Oh, okay. That's the point. This is take another step back. I'm not saying the head is not gonna think it's you. This is the problem. This is what I'm saying, is that people get a large amount of relief, but they still got this hook in them, thinking it's them that's doing all the unrelief. It's not, it's mechanical. It is mechanical. I have been in extreme duress where it was suspended for a while, like hitting my head at Cronkite uh, and my nervous system shut down. So I couldn't move, couldn't move anything. Yeah, and for a period of time, I was living, but the voice wasn't there at all. I've noticed with me, the, the false captain of the ship, if it thinks the ship's going down, jumps off. It's, <laughs> it just hits the road, and you're in silence, really. And this silence was like gold-framed. It was pretty cool, actually. And I, could, I was trying to say help, but I couldn't. The voice wasn't coming out, but someone saw me, so they took me. So there I was totally like in neutral space. And then I, when the first thoughts came in, the thoughts was, I can't pay for the ambulance. <laughs> I swear to God, oh, great one. He's, you've been away on sabbatical. What have you brought me? More wisdom from up the ass or so? Let's call it the great east. Oh yes, the first thing, you can't afford the ambulance. What, just leave me here dead on the beach? Yes, exactly. And I had enough period of time, nothing was being said. So when I heard its first utterings, it was obvious the emperor had no fucking clothes. And if you're in duress, that's a lot of times you see through it because it can't help itself. When I get sick, because I had a terrible accident in the car. Exactly. Exactly. When you're the thing you feared the most when you were in it, there was no fear there. But the thing you feared the most when you weren't in it, the head year after year, when you find yourself in it or worse, it's not, there's no fear at all. You're just in a neutral space. You're aware because the thing jumps ship. It's, <laughs> I've seen it tons of times. I got the, uh, I was in Italy and, uh, we had this lovely retreat and then half of us got COVID, yeah? So 
we took the train up before we got it really bad before we took the train back to uh, Pescara, the city in Italy we were staying. And uh, Amelia showed it worse than me at first. And then I was, so I was, I was still hoping I didn't have it. So I was trying to stay away from Amelia. So I was in this living room in the place we were staying, you know, her brother's place. And she was in the bedroom and my chest just went off like unbelievable fire. Just, and I've had problem with the chest. So usually the head will stick around when it's, it can make it familiar, but it hit a point where it was unfamiliar. The head just jumped off ship. There was no more sound up there, no narrative, it was laying there. Fucking like a burner, like a fucking jet engine here. <laughs> it was just mind boggling and all in silence. It was wonderful for that, yeah. But I could see it. First, it takes its help hat off, and then it just jumps, <laughs> jumps, jumps overboard. It just it abandons. It's a mutiny. The captain <laughs> mutinies the ship because it isn't its ship to begin with. It's true. I've seen it a lot, tons of times because I've been, I've had, I had places where it hits a point where it can't handle it. I had it with that time with all that energy. Remember the months of being fucking kundalinied out of my mind? <laughs> my head just, just gave up. My head just like, uh, I figured I, I put money in an envelope, put it on the nightstand and let it stick out. So I guess I knew I was going to pass away. And so my roommates could take care of the body, you know? And yet I, every day I keep waking up. And this thing was just fucking off, and the head had abandoned the ship weeks before. It's very, very or putting it, the head has been relying on its own presence, and it's revealed that it's absent. It's a uh, to the system. It's a very, very uh, strong. Uh, it can be more than one punch. It can be a, a number of punches of what there's been. What was relied upon was unreliable. It's very revealing, yeah? If you can live through it, it's awesome. Yeah, so, yeah. Where were we about this all? It's just, uh, this is false evidence appearing real, yeah? The false evidence, just to, to tie it in with Wang Po, false evidence is perceived. And because the false evidence is being used to say it's the perceiving, yeah? So Hoang Post saying, what can be perceived as false evidence to lead to the idea that you're perceiving? Yeah, he negates it. He goes, whatever can be perceived before your head goes, yeah, is what's perceiving. No, cannot be that which you're perceiving. Oops, <laughs> yeah. And so maybe you've had an experience of it jumping ship. So when you hear these things, they'll really catch to me. That's why I keep remembering them. I don't read this. I read this once in Hoang Po and I've never forgotten because it set off an avalanche of recognition and evidence to the point that he was trying to make so succinctly, which is simple. He is a simple ruler. Whatever can be perceived cannot be that which is perceiving. Simple story. Then, and yet you're living by a story that's based on the exact other premise usually. Because we're not living, most of us, we're living an interpretation. We're on a time delay, really. We're not even there for the day 
to notice that it's going good or bad. What, what does that mean anyway? But then usually you wait till at night where the head breaks the news to you, you had a bad day. Wouldn't you, if you were having a bad day, wouldn't you know it if you were somewhat two levels above a coconut? I would imagine you would, but instead we're out to lunch. More than lunch, it's even past dinner. We're out eight hours and then finally, uh-oh, bulletin, bulletin. You were really bad day. <laughs> All right, who is the culprit? Him, oh, oh. I, you had like a, an eight hour uh, post resentment. <laughs> the person doesn't even know what you're thinking of. You come in the next day. You're all out to get me. I know it. <laughs> Fucking this is false evidence. Yes? How can it keep appearing real? Because it's appearing real to false evidence. You have no discernment. You don't know how the wind's blowing. Yeah. If you're identified as an appearance, then all appearances may seem to be real to you. Yeah. And now we want to make shit unreal. But in fact, it is unreal. So when we try to make it unreal, it becomes more real. Because this is exactly what this did. When I was young and shit got too much, like I lost my grandmother and father in the same year, nine months, nine years old, three months apart. Something overwhelmed me. And so my head set out trying to make something that seems so fucking real, like love can fall off a cliff. Love was out there and there was no objects hitting it. I wasn't hitting any of them. The love seemed to be vulnerable. Hey, what I got to get this love back in. Can't be hanging out there. I could get run over and shit. Yeah. So there was like, a, all right, what the hell would do? Oh, don't worry about it. I'm going to make it unreal. So it was already unreal. I'm going to make it unreal. I know it's so real to you. I'm going to make it unreal. Okay. What happens? I make it so unreal, I give it such a meaning of reality that I'll do almost anything not to deal with it. I'll live small, I'll fucking play this, I'll do that, everything. I got into recovery and the whole strategy of my life got suspended. A pause was put out and all that shit I try to make as unreal as possible, I allowed it to land as real as it wanted to land. And it was, my head was like, fucking d-day you know like the japanese harbor pearl harbor attack it was don't no, do anything i don't just let it land you know like you're a fraud and you're bad and all this shit and then when i let it be as real as it wanted to be it showed itself to be unreal my making it unreal gave it a reality it never ever had you see this is what we're doing here you are the dreaming of the dream you are the dreaming of it you're giving, something is coming through and is giving a meaning of reality to something so that it can support a story that you're real, yeah? Now you try to make everything out here unreal, but there's still a, there's still a, this condition of seeming reality keeps getting sustained. You can be super clear about a lot of shit and be unclear about this. You can, I've, I've met a lot of people who are super clear, but they're not clear about the false evidence appearing real. They think they're a person, a thing. They do, and they're a very clear thing. And they're seen clearly as a thing. I don't, that, I don't believe that. I believe there's a clarity, yeah, that is not of thingness. 
Simple as that, yeah? And that clarity can seemingly become unsuspected, especially if we take the role of being a thing, yeah? But if we lose interest in the thing, then that unsuspected inner resource of no-thingness becomes very, very suspected and now plays the biggest role, and it's always been playing the biggest role in how to travel lighter through this dreaming. Because this dreaming is of things, and the way to travel lighter through things isn't managing and controlling things. It's seeing them as non-things, yeah? And how can you see it as non-things unless you see this as a non-thing? Well, it isn't a problem if you have the understanding to see it. And if this is the point why we come to these talks, because it's not enough for the young lion that took itself to be a sheep. And then when the old lion reveals itself by sticking both their heads over the waterhole, the old lion, the young lion gets it. I'm a lion. The young old lion walks with great confidence. It's a done deal. The old lion turns away from the waterhole. And in that second, the head kicks in. And the programming of being a sheep now claims to be the one who had the lion experience. The lion gets submerged again, and now it's looking to become a lion as a sheep. This is what I saw. It's more important the warnings of the message than the message. The message is the easiest part. You are a lion in this example. That's the easiest part of the message. You are it already. I mean, how much easier can it be? What you're looking for is what's looking already with no requirements to change it or anything like that. It's the easiest message of all. But what happens is how the mental state claims, yeah, claims something and neuters the message. So the, the message of seeing the sheep, AKA lion, seeing itself with a lion image there, seeing it, a lion image here, it negated the, it could have been 800 years it took itself to be a sheep. It negated its idea of a sheep in a second, not even a second, just instant recognition. But what happens when the old lion splits and they don't have, you don't got the water hole anymore to reflect on and you're walking around, that head's going to kick in and going to tell a story about the lion was an experience you as the sheep had. And without a doorman, it's going to get in. And you, it's going to run the radio station and it's going to play its old tunes. And now it can go this crazy. You'll try to be, even though you've had the revelation, you try to become a, like a lion as the sheep. Which is even worse than just being a sheep. Yeah? You try to become a lion as the sheep, where the fact is you're a lion. So this is the point. The point of non-duality, non-duality in, in time here, there was, non-duality didn't start the whole ball rolling. There was direction, there was Buddhism. There wasn't non-Buddhism, there was this, there was that. And then there was an aberration that was noticed that it wasn't working. The clear, simple invitation, just like Ramana, supposedly, he sat there in silence and he thought that would be more than enough. He figured it, he found out it wasn't. The silence wasn't getting through, you know, they're putting it off. So he went into who am, I, who am I from the old Vedas, yeah, to question the assumed subject so that the subjectivity could be felt raw without an accompaniment of the mental attachments, yes? 
just and it, you don't need to see it because when you see it, the mental attachments do not do what they do when you don't see it. They don't, they're not obstacles anymore. When you're not seeing them, the mental barnacles are obstacles. When you see them from what you are, they can keep appearing and they're not, they don't have the ability to obstruct you because you are on the side of the, of the sun now. You're not seeking to get warm from the sun with the possibility of a cloud blocking you off from it. You're on the cloud, you're on the sun side. You're seeing the same clouds, but their ability to obstruct you from the sun is gone. This is exactly it. You're looking either from here or from, let's say, here. Either you're looking from awareness or Course in Miracles talks about the vision that's independent of the eyes that see the world. So it's not talking about this vision. It's talking about awareness, which is before everything. So there's that awareness, and then you can see this vision. And you see this vision, hopefully with the understanding that it's not your vision. What can a failed system tell you? It's failed. Yeah. What can this system of taking in information and having it collated, which is constantly reinforcing the idea that there's a thing and you're a thing. Yeah. You think it's going to change? No, it doesn't need to change. It's perfect the way it is, because if you have the form of negation, that is the perfect negation. How are you going to have a sense of what you are without seeing what you're not in this dualistic experience? So now you see what you're not and you get a sense of what you are instead of seeing what you're not and taking it up to be about you, you have another answer underneath it. Not a lazy one that's habitual. You now question it when it says, oh, I'm so fucking afraid about next week. Well, who's that that's afraid about next week? You don't rush to try to deal with next week. You stop and you say, and then you see the emperor, even if it's wearing a huge wardrobe setting with no clothes, you see it, it stands there naked. You recognize, you recognize the activity it used to call, you used to call your activity. It's not your activity. You're the seeing of the activity. You're not the doing of the activity. It's mental activity and it's mechanical. You didn't have it when you were a young baby and probably near the time of death, you probably won't have it, yeah? The, the brain will probably fill up with DMT and you'll be blissed out. And when you were a kid, you didn't have it. We grew into this fucking thing and you're gonna grow out of it. But it's nice to know it now, yeah. So you can travel lighter now, not have the hope of, you know, like the, some of the religions, they say, listen, just grin and bear it because it's gonna be great later. What a fucking dog and pony show. Right? I know it sucks. Just you know, hunker down because you're you're gonna be 28 hole golf course up there. You'll have free balls forever and you'll have a great handicap, whatever. Okay, you know what an insane thing. Why would you want to put it off for any for longer than a second anymore? Why not just see if you're not starting there, you'll find out where you do start instead of trying to find out where you start from there, you realize you don't start there and you'll find out where you start, yeah? And it's, it becomes the basis of traveling later. I don't have a manual how to deal with Saturdays. You know, where's my Saturday book? Hold on, 
you know, too much free time. Oh, no, 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 no. Get a large coffee, waste time. No, you just wing it constantly and you realize and you find out it works. Why? Because it's worked. Yeah. I've been through tons of shit. Tons of, like all of us. And I've seen people go through tons of shit. And there's a possibility of traveling lighter. Not by changing what you're traveling through, but how you travel. Yeah. And I do not believe that which is traveling heavy can travel lighter. I don't. It's nature is heaviness. I mean, I just don't think it can break that. So see it as not you and you'll travel lighter. Basically, uh, against its own influence, not signing it up with the story, but just weakening its whole fucking role in it, yeah? You lose interest and attention, that's what happens. The interest and attention now goes to presence instead of that presence being used to pay interest and attention to what's not happening right now. Who's up? If next week is causing, is fucking with you right now, none of us can see it because we, none of us are seeing next week, yeah? But in one's head, the head can be believing next week is so powerful that it can override today. That's not at the beginning of the fight. You've been knocked out, tell the truth. You're outmatched, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I've seen it, the results, you know, I heard these ideas. I remember the first satsangs I went to. First of all, when I read this guy, Ramesh Bausakar, the novelty of non-duality really caught me. It wasn't going the flow of the mental logic I had been saddled with. It didn't seem like it was a part of that. It seemed to sort of bring the mental logic I was resting on to a halt quite a lot. So simple little statements. I'd be like, what, what? And then that really interested me. So I went to see someone speak and then it set off a whole other shit. And during those times I was going to hear someone, I knew this was like the last answer. Sounds like an unspoken yes. I knew it was like it was like knowledge before knowledge. It was just obvious, yeah. And I knew I was never going to ask a question ever again because the futility of the whole activity of trying to know what you already are. And so it was just a nice, uh, not it was like a constant. It was like disarming, and then you know finding you know the ankle holster and the fake you know the knife up the sleeve. All these. It would, satsang would just disarm me, you know, it would, it would neutralize intelligence, it would neutralize effort and thought, it would neutralize meritocracy, it would neutralize my role in everything, or especially in this everything called spirituality, it would be beautiful, it would just, wait a minute, all right, that's, then I would just willingly surrender, right, I have a knife here, but this, here's my last fucking non-duality treatise here you go i i hit a prayer in here <laughs> now i'm naked to the world <laughs> i mean that's the way it works yeah you hear it and see where it takes you and i believe i believe we all have the ability to be convinced not as the head but 
somewhere other than the head. And I think actually a lot of us are in a state of always being convinced already, but not knowing it because so much is in the head. So when, when you take the imaginary floor off, just drop and you're gonna drop into some reliable bases and foundations, yeah, because it's true, you know? The existence is existing. It's a pretty good compass to, like someone was asking me, uh, how, do you think a lot about past and future? I said, no, I actually don't. The thought system has really uh, got off of that dead horse quite a lot. Yeah, some others, it doesn't matter, but noticing it, I don't go really into too much past or future, to tell you the truth. Yeah. And so all these things that you would think it was gonna take a lot of thought and effort and practice and shit, no, it's all flows easily. If you get out of the fucking way, yes. And the way, and it's not about getting out of the way or being in the way. You are a way in and of itself, yeah. So we can't even say being getting out of the way. It's, it's even it's lighter than that. There's just a rec, just just a recognition. You can't be in any way, really. I'll tell you the truth, you're you can't be in any way. Your your ability to obstruct is given to you by us. That cannot obstruct. It's our a nodding consent is giving it the ability to seemingly obstruct. Yeah, that which seems to be the big obstruction isn't. It's us in a way, giving something the meaning that it doesn't actually have. When that gets reviewed, yeah, yeah. And it's gonna come under review for sure. Whatever is necessary in this little seat assignment is gonna come under review. You don't have to look for it. The light will shine and it will come upon something and then you'll see some bit of gold that you see as lead and you'll see as unshakable form and it will say, see it as flexible and he'll just perform alchemy really. It will, it will transform that form and get the, and extract the gold from it. And that gold will enrich you, yeah? Will be enriching your day instead of enslaving it. Yeah, it'll be that simple. There is a, we are a power, or you want to, I call it faith. That's what we really are. Yeah. When it says, uh, perhaps there's a better way in recovery, it says one way is infinite uh, and the other is finite, but there's a sameness in both, which is trust. And that's us. So faith or trust is us. And there's either faith in the finite self, which is, obedience to the head and all of its forecasts and shit or there's faith in the higher power which is really based on i don't know really in a sense and then but you'll find out which is much more like steel yeah when you find something out it's much more to me than a mental knowing mental knowing uh if the conditions change it doesn't have any value yeah but a knowing or something underneath has oomph so you start finding out that you're on to something and then it just keeps on keeping on to me. Yeah, yeah. I feel we were joking about it, but really what makes the spiritual path is what's on it. So if the spirit is on any path, it's a spiritual path. If the head or the body's on a path, it has to define very, very particular what's a spiritual path. 
But if it's a spiritual path, any path is a spiritual path. If the spirit is on it, and I believe it is, spirit seems to be moving through time and space. Yeah, that would be a path. And in this path, it is a spiritual path, even though it may not have any spiritual embellishings that we think it's because the spirit is on it that it is a spiritual path. So you're having great revelations, not at the, you know, the chasm overlooking the Tibetan plains, but right at the fucking uh, Target over here in Marin City. Yeah, you're having downloads unbelievably all the time. And there's no whistling or, you know, I hear a certain note and then it drops in. No, there's no requirements. Shit just keeps getting revealed. Yeah. Yeah. A spiritual path for a body or a head has to be very defined. Any path for a spirit can be a spiritual path. Yes. Uh, in your travels, have you seen uh, people with like severe psychiatric stuff, like multiple personalities, that is able to receive a message and travel wider? You know, things like that. Yes, I don't know. Uh... As long as you don't have a, a pre-definition of what traveling lighter is, yes. There's going to be some relief that's probably going to be available that wasn't, yeah. But to remember also, even though when you're in it, it seems like forever, every day you're out of it. Like yesterday doesn't seem to have any reality whatsoever, does it? Here seems to be the only gig there is in town. And, you know, we're all on a, a limited engagement tour. Yeah. Really, we're going to pass away, and I don't believe it's going to be like it ever really happened. Just like at night. At night, who knows? Do you have any guarantee you're going to wake up in the morning as Paul? No, but you willingly go to sleep. Do you really? You can. You may not wake up, and you, do you think something is going to? remember that it didn't wake up, there won't be anything there. It'll just be like it never happened. The head, the narration is what puts a story on the events of a day. The events of the day don't write a story. They come and go, they disappear, like invisible ink, don't they? Yeah, you have to call it into remembrance or shit like that. Well, there's going to be a moment when this thing shuts down, there won't be anything to call anything into remembrance and you're not going to remember shit probably. I've had it happen. I don't know. It seems familiar to me because I've died a few times and it doesn't, it feels like uh, this is water and that's oil. Like they don't mix really. So, and I, you have to, tell the truth in your own observation, it seems like everything's fucking pretty fleeting, isn't it? Nothing, even the most, the greatest thing ever happened sort of fades out over time, doesn't it? Really? I mean, it's hard to keep the candles of yesterday lit. Their tendency is to go out because there's one lit right now. That's how I feel. So, uh, yeah. So tonight, uh, probably everyone will have a smile while they're going to the event horizon, maybe never to return as the action figure. I remember I had an experience, very profound one. Uh, I'm gonna, thanks for letting me wax poetically here today. 
But when I was young, I, uh, you know, we had a house. I was the youngest of four. Sunday, my mother would like to have lunch. Most of the other kids were out. My father was upstairs. Uh, he was in my room, actually, my brother in my room. My brother had a big bed. I had a smaller bed. My brother, father was in that bed. My mother had me run upstairs, wake up my dad to go for lunch. And I got went in there and my dad had been ill for quite a while. Never, he didn't look that happy usually because he had a very bad heart and blood pressure and everything. So he was laying on my bed with his, one of those things like this and his head was a little bit this way, but he had a smile on his face. It was great. Best thing I've seen him look in a while. I mean, as a kid, just looked happy. And then uh, he, I couldn't get him up. He wasn't responding. So then I called my mom and my mom came up. And when my mom came in, she realized he was dead. And by looking at her face, I realized, because I couldn't, I didn't know he was dead. I hadn't seen any dead person really. Seen sleeping people. I didn't see, you know, sleeping forever type people. So, but I remember that look, he looked happy. And it made a big, big fucking impression because he hadn't looked happy for years, truly, because he had a lot of pain, you know, trying to deal with every day. So, um, yeah, that was very, uh, yeah, no one can, nothing, that never gets erased, yeah, in this actual figure observation. That made a big impact on me. So, yeah. This way, you may not have the wherewithal to change your physical conditions or your circumstantial conditions, but you can see it differently. You can. And the seeing of it is really what makes it so in a lot of ways. And in this case, I remember we used to go to Rikers Island, this prison in New York, because I was involved with this spiritual group and we were into meditation and I just, it made complete sense to me, someone who's now in prison and can't, doesn't have much mobile freedom and everything else, what a great thing to learn, meditate, so you could be free while you're in the cell. This made no complete sense to me. So we used to bring meetings there and get these people and they get initiated in this form of, not, of knowledge as meditation. It was very, just made complete sense to me, yeah? I don't know where I was going with that, but this uh, this thing, this message to me, if you look at the card, the deck of cards, there's like the physical effects, the mental effects, the emotional effects, and then there's a wild card. Let's call it the spiritual effects, yeah? And so in the game of life, usually, uh, the physical is going to override the circumstantial. So you could be in Hawaii, but be super sick, yeah, and have a sucky time. So in a lot of cases, the circumstances get outshined by the mental condition, yeah, and physical condition. But let's say the physical condition outshines the circumstances, but the mental condition outshines the physical condition, yeah? So you can be super healthy, but totally fucking insane that day, flipping out, you know, great skin, looking fantastic, but fucking a complete asshole, whatever. So the mental overrides the physical, let's say, and the circumstantial. 
Yeah, but in most cases, and emotion. So emotion has effect, but then a lot of times the mental has given the name or the meaning to emotional feelings. So we're totally, we're living like uh, a narration through braille, so to speak. So some people are feeling excited, but they think it's anxious, anxiety. Yeah, it's very, not, people aren't fluent in the language of emotions, most of us. We don't know how, what we're really feeling. Yes, so, all right, so then, so there's a there's a hierarchy of what sort of overrides other things in this game board 52. But the spirit is the real ace in the hole because the spirit can outshine the circumstances in the situation. Spirit can outshine physical condition, can outshine mental condition, can outshine emotional condition. It can. Yeah. So in most of our lives, the, the king of this would be mental. Most of people are like living like that, you know, when a dog has mange or something, they put that cone on. We're just picking up K-Paul, you know, from unclear channel, you know, mental, a lot of mental information. Yes. Yeah. So what card can beat it in the deck? It's this spirit in a sense. So if you can go back, instead of constantly marching forward, if you can just question why, and maybe stop and put down all the weaponry. Maybe you're not going to war. There's, there's not a foe or an enemy or an adversary. It's maybe you. It's maybe you're fighting your own shadow, so to speak. And you're taking your shadow to be the reality. And what's real is seen to be ephemeral and whatever. So let's just correct that. Yeah. Not even correct it, just put it out there. And if you find it works, which will be the basis you'll notice that you've traveled lighter in spite of yourself, so to speak. Yeah, and you'll, you'll travel lighter, not in a warrior stance, but in a very disarming stance. Yeah, and it's not so much about changing much, you're just seeing everything. Yeah, and see what happens. And I found the most powerful aspect of us isn't something that can be seen. Yeah, and I, to me, that's the hand that's played the biggest role in this life. I mean, I got struck sober. I had no intention of getting sober. I'd given up all hope when I got whacked. Life just intervened, stopped the whole charade, and introduced me to a way of life that night, which called recovery. And I've been going over 35 years, changed everything in the action figure world. And the action figure was super clear. It had absolutely nothing to do with it. Nothing, had no ability to transform it, nothing, yet something did it. Yeah, no human power, but a power did. I didn't need much more evidence than that because that hell I was living in was hell. As best as you can have a unreal hell, it was hellish to have that altered and given me a way of life for it never to return, never, that regime never taking power again to the point where it doesn't exist for me anymore. It's fucking incredible. Yeah. And that's just that miracle has just been lent to so many other miracles I've seen in myself and others. Yeah. The greatest hand here is the unseen hand. That is fucking for sure. And if, you're, if your hand is moved by the unseen hand, it can be quite worthwhile, quite clear direction and shit. If it's the hand trying to fucking grasp the unseen hand, forget about it, my feeling. So that's it. Anyone uh, at the meeting would like to speak?
It's Here time you on Zoom. What? Here on Zoom. Yep. Matthew F has put his hand up. I'm in Zoom. Yes, I'm in Zoom. No, I'm wondering if you meant the meeting on Zoom. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. These they're all out. They've been put to. They know better than to raise their virtual hand or their real hand. All right. Hey, Paul. Oh, Matthew. Great message. Yeah. How you doing? Good. Um driving up from San Luis Obispo where, you know, I'm in Al-Anon, Paul, and when I went into Al-Anon, they teach us to call our, uh, the people who brought us into Al-Anon are qualifiers. But what I learned is my daughter is really my savior because she got me into the 12-step program. And without that, I wouldn't have had this experience that I'm having now to travel lighter and I wouldn't have met you. And so, like you say, we give meaning to what happened. So she's not my qualifier, she's my savior. Yeah, um, now, the I just hope that she becomes her own savior, but that's up to her and her higher power. The question I have for you is, who is dreaming? Is it the big ass self that's dreaming? There's no doing get about the who. Yeah. Okay. And what is just throwing a dartboard into the void? So you don't know. It doesn't matter. If you know. We don't know. It's like living so something, an equation or knowing okay. an equation. You know, if you live the equation, you don't really care about knowing the equation. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. something just, is dreaming. dreaming. There's dreaming and we are the dreamt. Well, if you, you were perceived, yes, that's the dreamt. I see, because the dreamt can be perceived. I would say uh, the dream isn't the isn't the isn't the perceived. So the perceived would be the dreamt. The dreaming is mind. Yeah. Mind manifesting is dreaming. Yeah. Okay. Big mind. Yeah. So big mind, M mind manifesting is dreaming. Yes. It's, it's manifesting here in the world of appearances. Yeah, the appearances arise in that which doesn't appear and they, dis, they depart in that which doesn't appear. And I don't think they leave much of a trace. Yeah, so it's sort of like a movie and the screen, yeah. If you look at it, uh, there isn't a movie on the screen, yeah. It doesn't, there's not a thing. You don't see, you don't see a screen and then there's a, like an inch of a movie. Yeah, you see like, it's not like four inches of screen and then there's an inch of a movie. No, the movie is a projection on the screen. The screen is real and something's being projected on the screen. If you weighed the screen and you just watched a heavy movie, it wouldn't be any heavier than when it was a light comedy. Yeah. The screen would have, there wouldn't be any weight distributed to the screen by the weight that was being presented in the movie, would it? No. That's dreaming, yeah? So there's dreaming, yeah? Surface reality, dreaming. It's not adding anything to the dreaming nor or to the screen, nor taking anything away. When it's crying and it's a, and it's a dream of tragedy, the screening getting wet. 
if it's an army picture, the screen doesn't get blown up. Yeah, it's com completely, its effects are completely contained in the movie. They don't spill out onto the screen, do they? You know, no. you don't go into the movie at night when there's no movie and go, oh, that screen got run over by that card movie earlier on. You see the tire? No, there's no tracks on any, any sign, any lasting impression that the movie left on the screen, did it? When it stopped, it was like it never was on the screen. It isn't like, oh, hey, Bill and Bob, get that fucking movie off. <laughs> Peel it off. It's, it appears, and then when the situation that it allows it to appear stops, it doesn't appear. Yeah? Yes? So the dreaming is, in that analogy, the dreaming is the movie. Yes. And, and the, the, dreamt the, dreamt is keen, the dreamt is keen, and it's programmed to see the movie, not the screen. Yeah. It's like people in, uh, there was some Zen groups uh, years ago that they wanted to sort of mimic the effects of homelessness. So they'd have like a seven day retreat, but the people on the retreat knew they were gonna go home the eighth day. You can't, you know what I mean? Homelessness is a state of mind. If you don't feel like you're gonna have a house, you're going to whole lot, act a whole lot different than if I have a house and I'm just going to do this charade for a week. <laughs> yes? So this is... Just see it. S screen. Yeah? Something appears on the screen. It's a projection of light. If you read The Course of Miracles, it says mine is projecting. Yes? And then... We, as the dreamt, perceive. So we're watching projected light and perceiving it as a movie. But it's projected light, yeah? Mm -hmm. Now, that which projected the light takes the role of the dreamt and now perceives the light that it's projecting to be a real. And now, it, now it's having effects that are uncaused, running around like fucking crazy. And what's weird is the movie has a much larger extension in us because we have what's not happening, all the past and all the future. So every movie's like 70 years. Even though it's like only an hour and a half running time, we make up so much shit about what's not happening. So we're not even responding to the movie. We're responding to shit, right? What's not happening? Yeah. That's how I see it. Do I ever do I dwell on this? No. It's just an easy way of describing something. I don't go, I don't sit around trying to describe the indescribable. I don't. But here it's a way of pointing something out. So screen movie, movie does not add any weight to it. It's not like it's the icing on the cake. There's no icing. It's a projection of light. Yeah. So what would be, let's say reality would be unmoving, let's say, and then there's manifestation of reality, which would be moving, so energy. So energy projects, and then there's a certain, there's like we drink a certain tonic and take ourselves to be the drift, and we see all these things. 
We see separate things. We have time. We have big space that gets unnoticed most of the time. Yeah. And there you go. All formatted. We didn't come upon this fucking, it's just made up. So in your analogy, the screen is reality. The light is dreaming, right? Yes. And the reality. And reality, there's nothing happening to the reality. So it's uncaused effect by the light upon the reality. Well, it's the reaction. Yeah. No, it's the, it's the, it's how you take the light on the screen. Yes. So yes, there's an interpretation that. of things. And so let's say if you feel that you have the right to have a lot of shit, and then when you see other people have that shit, you're probably going to have a reaction of resenting those other people because you think, their shit should be your shit, yeah? So this is a subjective experience. So let's say it's stock version movie, and then you put all these super biased, interested audiences, which is us, and so we give all the meaning it has to the movie from a self-centered point of view. So I see everything as how it pertains to me. The person sits next to me is doing the same thing. They're seeing everything and how it pertains to them, and I'm part of the everything and how it pertains to them, yeah? It's a mind boggling. It's incredible economical because all it takes is, let's say, one movie and it has two billion different points of views. Incredible, really, isn't it? So, yes, it is. This and go at it. All right. This, this means I'm not going to get what I want. No, but that's what it made up. Uh, I'm going to lose what I have. No, <laughs> no. I've got to be yeah. this guy. I know he's going to get something. He, my girlfriend's going to like uh, uh, all this. You just watch it. It's just. Uh, just watch. It's like it sets off the popcorn maker. It goes fucking, fucking crazy. And some of it's old. You never had stale popcorn? We've been eating off, we've been eating stale popcorn for years. The butter is cold. It's like turned into a glaze. It's fucking <laughs> jamming our colon and shit. It's not like the butter right melted and poured on the hot popcorn. It's way, it's bad now. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad. This doesn't mean anything. It's just some, a description of what may be happening. Yeah. It's meant to hopefully shake up the bottle because seriously, you can't drink, drink the same shit every day, can you? No. Can you really believe I things have real meaning and they're they're exerting themselves on you like inexorably oppressive no this is a subjective event is it almost anyone comes to that conclusion it's a subjective event you're giving things the meaning they have and how can you do that they'd have to not have a meaning if they already had a meaning they would override your meaning and run you over with their meaning but they don't because in Buddhism everything is inherently empty Empty of what? Meaning. Yeah, they're not real. So reality is dreaming and giving a lot of shit meaning. And now that shit's coming back at us. Just you can see it in the mental level. Thoughts. You now see yourself as the thinker of the thoughts. The th- when you think thoughts, those thoughts can own you now. They can ruin your day. Yeah. Yeah. Action. You're the doer of action. You're done to by that a lot. Yes. So you own something, it owns you. There's a transfer of meaning and power. You think, oh, this is mine. And then you become that. That thing has you as a yours. 
Thoughts don't ruin people's day. My thoughts ruin people's day. There's, we are, we're it. We're the, see, you're watching maybe your moves this. There are so many moves of what we are that you cannot perceive with eyes in the head. Yeah, you're, you're it. We're reality here. We're giving meaning it has. You have the worst thing ever happened to you. And then suddenly you change and you see it as the best thing that happened to it. That event didn't change, but the meaning that was given to the event has changed so dramatically that the worst thing that ever happened to you is now seen as the best thing that happened to you. What more example do you need than that? You just explain the whole spectrum by the poles, worst and best. There's a lot of meaning being given constantly and it's coming from somewhere it's coming through somewhere and most of a lot of it's coming through the filter of the mental activity so for you paul the best day for you was when you were drinking in that trailer with the other bum because it led to you getting the recovery and having this uh awareness that you eventually had that was your well, Your I had a lot of days, really. <laughs> a lot of things that turned were the worst have been seen as the best. And this is the beauty yeah. of, of new eyes, because new eyes give value where you never gave value. So mm -hmm. I really, truly really believe everything has value where I did not have that view before. Yeah, everything can be put to incredibly good use, no matter what it is. You may be the utensil that is used to do that. You are not the doer of it. You may be used to provoke it, but you don't. You're not the one that's doing it. But I see a lot of value in a lot of things. I see value of people having a bottom, and I don't want to do them a disservice by keeping them from their bottom. Yeah. If the only way they're going to learn uh, to stop drinking is through life kicking the shit out of them, Go to it. Yeah. I don't think me helping someone uh, is always help. I don't. Yeah. I didn't think that before. That's how I see it now. Yeah. So the best thing is today's the best day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm standing, I'm with a lot of people I like. Some people maybe um, a little bit. That's the one. But, you know, feeling very cool. I love seeing everyone here. I hope. Uh, don't follow the words. There's a feeling I hope gets impressed through this. I, you know, I just feel that. I feel a certain deed. And the words just become humorous, you know, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. I mean, who, who else talks about the person with the tumor? Remember the person with the tumor on the side? And so the person has a tumor, it's getting bigger and bigger, and hasn't entertained the possibility it could be removed because it's in this belief that it's the tumor. It's part of him, right? So what did he do? do? He gets to, he's got to get shirts tailored to let this big thing stick out. He's got, uh, it goes on to weird websites about other people with tumors to see if you can meet someone with like a, a tumor on the right, you know, left side, this is on the right side, they can walk together. 
<laughs> there's all this shit can go on and it can go on and then you know he's got all his jackets all everything and after a while he's he there's been such a large investment in fitting a life around the tumor he's not his head is not open hearing any other possibility and one of the possibilities is you know you could get that tumor removed yeah well, I like my girlfriend. I don't want to lose her. She may not like me without, you know, on and on. So all this head. So therefore, but the thing that's stopping everything is the simple possibility has not been made available, which is he's not the tumor. That tumor can be removed and he will continue. You're, it's exactly like the head's image of us. The head's image of us takes itself to be the most valuable thing that you are. It's the ultimate thing, even though if you're riding a very expensive bike and you start falling off the cliff, you're going to save the bike, not you. The head will try to push the bike to safety as you go off the fucking cliff. That tells you how valuable you are. A $2,000 bike is more valuable than you to the head. You want that to run your life? I've seen it. I've watched people. What did they say? We had this. We've been telling this story. It blew my mind but they had a GoPro or a camera in a bus that went off, flipped. And they had a, and so they had this one, there was this young girl in the front and she was making a three, and she was holding on to her phone. <laughs> like the, the last thing, she would have lost the head before she lost the phone. <laughs> she, she was watching, she had it unbelievable. I mean, one picture is worth more than a thousand words. You want to know where value lies? It shows itself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just does. I mean, and it's okay because it's not you. It doesn't, you don't have to hold it in high regard. You see it for its banality. It's just, it's a myopic uh, view unsure of itself and trying to convince you that it's so sure of you yeah and it, it's it's worthy of some fucking compassion in a lot of ways because it can't change i think it's this thing somebody's somebody better call the fire thing yeah so yeah I hope some of these ways gets in there. The tumor thing always got me because even with the pooper scooper guy, uh, the head has a lot investment with its solution to the point it will have contempt prior to investigation about any other solution. Even though the solution you're having isn't actually working, it will put up a defense against any new solution. So the basically with the pooper scooper guy, it was just find the dog. Instead of becoming a master of picking up shit, just find the source of the shit. Get the dog, the source removed. You won't have to be a master of picking up shit anymore, unless you like picking up shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but all these other people out in the world doing shit. They're not real. Yeah. <laughs> of course they're not real. <laughs> They seem real, honey. Yeah, and it seems like a lot of my friends who are in my meditation group, this the biggest thing that bothers them is what's happening in the world. Oh, yeah. It is. It's just... But if it wasn't that, it would be something else. 
the head is, looks, is looking for a distraction. The world's an easy thing, but if it wasn't that, it'll be something else. Yeah. You're never upset for the reason you think. Uh, if that's something you've read in the Course of Miracles and you have an allegiance to the Course of Miracles, let it sink. So that's a perfect example. They think it's the world's problems, but you're never upset for the reason you think because it's not the reason. You're, it's your, the reason you think isn't your reason. Yeah, you, it's your head feeding you the story of your life. The whole thing, yeah. We're not saying change anything, just tell the truth and see where it takes you. Yeah. If those people got somewhere I wanted to go, I would do what they do. They don't, so I don't. Yeah. I mean, I had a big thing with this. Uh... We'll go one last thing. Are you all right, everyone there? All right, so I remember I was into Buddhism and, uh, and I have nothing wrong, right? I think these are beautiful expressions, Buddhism, beautiful, really. So there was a very famous, a very fancy magazine, Tricycle. We had very nice, oh, you know, she knows it. I, I, I you know, I pinned you as a, an old Tricycle subscriber. <laughs> That's why I'm bringing it up. So it's verified my my acute ability to read the audience. So, so here I am reading this tricycle and I liked it, got it. Used to get it from Whole Foods, I think. Uh, and so this one, there was a, 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 what you call it, an opinion piece, one page of a famous Western meditation teacher. And he said that all these old students of him, he was having this weird experience, phenomenon of all these old students getting in touch with him and saying, nothing's happened. <laughs> so when I read that, I wasn't in a state of exempting myself from that uh, example. And I said, what? These people of 20 years and nothing's happened? Fuck it, I pulled the emergency brake on the spiritual bus, got off and canceled my subscription to Tricycle. I said, why the hell? I'm not, I haven't been on this bus that long. They just told me 20 years it hasn't gone anywhere. I'm gonna get off the bus. I swear, I mean, seriously. <laughs> I mean, I like meditation because I have, it helps blood pressure and shit like that and stuff like that. But um, I believe in the great wisdom of no escape. The head's always trying to find a way to get out of something it's not actually in. And I think the bigger problem is misinterpreting out and in really, and having ways to get in or out. I do, I truly believe that most people are trying to get out of what they're not in and trying to get into what they're not out of. So what's the point? So, yeah. All right. I think I'm going to close the shop unless we have a. Yeah. Esther's had her hand up. All right, Esther. When, when did you put your hand up, Esther? Was it yesterday? <laughs> yeah. Do you have your permanent uh, virtual hand up there? No. You're just waiting to hit that buzzer. When I hope he shuts up. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, a, a friend of mine um, has a lot of suicidal thoughts and 
she uh, called me yesterday and I was going through uh, the injection, working the mind crazy. And she, when I would say to her, well, I'm asking you, um, when someone says to you, they want to work the course with the suicidal thoughts instead of the non-duality, like I was telling her stuff about how um, the head uh, wasn't her. And hey, sister, why don't you just suggest service? Oh, that's a good idea. Doing service. Don't read anymore. Do service. Get get more involved with someone else who has isn't who's not having her suicidal thoughts and see. I bet you she'll have some relief from the suicidal thoughts. Yes. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. That's really great. All right. Anyone else? Nope. Okay, we're going to, uh, I'm so happy to be here. Esther, sometimes the best thing is just to do something. Yeah, do something to help someone else, not someone you know. I mean, some of the greatest joys I've had have been on like soup kitchen lines. I have. Yeah, where you just, because the person doesn't care what your head state is. They want the sandwich. They want the soup. If you just put the ladle in the soup and put it on their plate, that's service. They don't care what you're, if you're feeling like I'm prideful. They, they, they need the sandwich, yeah? And you'll get the, the attention and interest, which is illuminating those thoughts will be uh, projected somewhere else, yeah? Why would you want to wrestle with super illuminated suicidal thoughts? Yeah. You want that light that's shining on the thoughts to be shining somewhere else. Yeah. And then you'll see, you know, with that light constantly on the mental state, almost everyone has suicidal thoughts. I mean, if you just, if that light just stays on thoughts all day, you're going to have suicidal thoughts because you're fucking tired of having thoughts, yeah? But that light, if it's dispersed, you're gonna feel what you'd like to feel by studying why I'm doing this, by not doing anything other than helping someone else. That's my take on it. I'm a real believer in it because I come out of recovery and service is fundamental in recovery because in recovery, we are extreme examples of obsession with self. So many of us have deep-rooted orbital grooves where interest and attention is so used to rolling around this that even jumping off a bridge with a bungee cord only gives you temporary reprieve, yes? And so service would be suggested with an incredible amount of importance because that interest and attention needs to be pulled out of the orbit. So it can come back to home planet with some good news like relief and I lost interest in myself for a little while. Yes, and then, da, da, da. yeah. I watch it, you can see it, you can see it They're like x-rays. You can see people, this thing, it goes around and around and around. And so they're, they're speaking the language, they're listening to the language, they're dealing, it's all here, just fucking, walk somewhere else, 
and say, can I help this lady across the street? And I bet you, you feel better. Yeah. yeah. All right, thank you for the- What's, what's interesting, what's interesting is like, um, to, to clean to clean the apartment it's like uh there's all this um like tension and yet when i have my mother in the room and she's not doing anything or if i'm having alan on the phone and he's not doing it, he's just on the phone i get so much done and i'm happy and i'm just it's just this this strange and then i just keep doing more of it yeah Let it work. i mean the best way you're going to be able to recognize relief is from relief Mm -hmm. yeah if you <laughs> recognize it from angst and agitation you're probably going to misname it the solution will inform you of the problem stop listening to the problem trying to inform you of itself the solution will you get out of there feel a little different and man you know like it's it's not an either or either i gotta do it no you'll see other possibilities will appear. It's not like duality, you know, this, that, door open, other close. No, there's other possibilities. Yeah. I had it. I mean, I, there was a thing we used to do in recovery in a, here where it was hospital and institutions. So you would, after six months of being sober, you had to get your feet a little wet you could sign up and you would go into facilities, sometimes insane, you know, mental illness places, other things, and you'd bring a meeting in there with another person, yeah? And so I, and it would be once a month. So I had some of these for like 12 years. That means I did it 12 times, 12, 140 some times. Now in those 140 different nights, I was in different circumstances and situations. Some of them were really fucking bad. I was waiting to hear if I had AIDS and I had a real belief I probably did because I was intravenous user. I was obsessed because the girl just left me like a half hour ago, but I keep the commitment, go in there. And it never took more than 10 minutes or 12 minutes for that event to pull my, me out of the ass of self. Never fucking failed, 12 years of it. 12 years of its demonstration. No talking about it, just fucking go in there. All about me, all about me. Suddenly you're hearing someone else share. Da, da, da. Not about me. Far out. Walk out completely different than I walked in. Every time, batted a thousand. The most the head could withstand would be like 12 minutes of it. And then it would just give up. Yeah. And then it would be, yes, I'm a true believer in service when it, when, this orbit is so used to being around you. Yeah, it's gotta be. That means every message that comes through gets questioned and translated by that you. Yeah, it neuters everything. So yeah, just do service. If you if you feel like you're stream up the ass of self, it's like, and you can't afford a divine proctologist, just do fucking service. You'll be pulled out that ass. You will. Smell the roses. All right. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Esther. I'm going to take off. I need a coffee soon. All right. Esther, thank you. Paul Hedeman, thank you. I haven't seen Paul Hedeman in a long time at a meeting. <laughs> I've never attended one yet. Hmm. Mike, 
Thank you, as always. Thank you, Mike. My, uh, John of God just said thank you, Mike. Kerry, nice to see you. Wow, it went on a while today. Marty, as always. Daz, yeah, Daz, I come in no matter what. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Chase Paul. We got Mike from LA area. Tariq Dover, remember June 11th, you got to take off, Tariq. All right. I'll call you before I get there. Don, nice to see you, Don. Mike C, always nice to see Mike. I don't think I've ever seen Mike completely vertical yet. He's always laying down or, yeah, it's pretty good. Gary, nice to see you, Gary, as always. Mia, as always. Mia's with someone else. Is that Sherry also? Wow. Now that's a strong cocktail. <laughs> Sherry and Mia. Wow. Uh, all right. We got Jay. There's Jay making beautiful music. Dennis from Minnesota. Nice to see you, Gary D. I don't know if I met you before, Gary. If I had, nice to see you. Great, thanks. Good to be here. Mika, John, Christian, nice to see you. I met Mika before. Chris H. I see Chris December 25th every year, my Santa Claus. <laughs> Kathleen, nice to see you, Kathleen. She's gonna be in Sicily, it's gonna be interesting. Peter Shantz, nice to see you, Peter. Traveling a little lighter, yes, hopefully. Uh, good, sorry. Dana G, nice to see Dana and uh, someone else, nice, both waving, nice to see that. Kathy from Hawaii. Christine Youngstrom, iPhone 3, that's Sherry. Bruce, Susan K. I'm going to have a latte, Susan. These people have impeded my, my caffeine intake. You deserve it, Paul. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. I'm going to record that so I can play it every time. <laughs> you deserve it, Paul. Yeah. You do. You do. All right, we got Grateful Dave, as always, Sally Underwood, nice to see you, Sally. Moni, nice to see you, Moni. Hey, listen, thanks, everyone. Uh, what a pleasure to sit with you. And, uh, you know, we take it lightly, but we have a great honoring of it. Yeah, so 